0: Happy 4th of July, and just like fireworks going off tonight, the Houston Astros have the second half of the season coming up their way. After a week off the All-Star break, I'm joined by Chris Castellani of Barstool Sports to talk about a possible meteoric rise of the Houston Astros on this edition of Locked on Astros. Alvarez, it's a high drive, center field, beer lane Space!
1: Fly ball down the right field line, Tucker comes on, Kyle Tucker, it's time
0: to finish the job! Hello and welcome to Locked On Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric, the man, Iceman, and Brett, H-Town wheelhouse chancy. We are Locked on Houston Astros, and we're your daily Astros podcast. I'm H-Town Wheelhouse. You can find me at H-Town Wheelhouse on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can find me at Strohs411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive, always Strohs. You can find the show at Locked on Astros, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. I mean, anywhere you get your podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. be coming every day. -er. Hey, happy 4th of July, everybody. I'm H-Town Wheelhouse, and I'm joined by the one, the only, the incomparable the undefeated the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world coming out of
1: detroit chris the man castellani how you doing sir welcome to the show the, the one and only thank god there's only one and only so far i think i think we can only use one but now thank you obviously very much for for that introduction no i mean it's good look man it's locked on again it's like riding bikes man i was uh you know going back to the uh the days of covid when we were uh when we were doing locked on podcasts about about nothing when there was no baseball going on so it's it's good to be back here and, uh, you know, talking baseball, talking a little Astros as they, uh, you know, the one thing that you guys are, are, are provided with that I, my team has not had the luxury of having over the last several years, you, you guys are going to have an interesting summer, regardless of whether it goes great or goes sideways, you're playing for something. You're going to be buyers at the deadline. It, it is fun. It, you know, even I wouldn't necessarily call myself an outsider, but as somebody who is not necessarily a, a fan of, of any other team, Uh, It is it is admirable and fun to watch other fan bases get excited, knowing, you know, down the stretch here, we're going to be playing for something. It's always enjoyable.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, this year I told people go real quick before we get into that. Chris, tell the people where they can find you, because not everybody watches the YouTube channel. We got audio listeners. Maybe they can look for you on social media.
1: Yeah, well, my my personal Twitter is at Castellani 2014. There you'll get. Uh, honestly, that's the mainstay where you'll kind of get everything thrown at you from all different platforms. We're really pushing the TikTok stuff. That's, uh, Chris Castellani. So just, uh, just my name. I think it's Chris period Castellani, but, um, you know, the big stuff that we've been doing lately, uh, Barstool Baseball is off and running. We do three podcasts a week. I'm featured usually on, uh, on, on two of them. We do power rankings and I'm on the American league show that's at stool baseball on Twitter. And there you'll also find uh, the link tree to our YouTube page. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and our TikTok uh, page as well, Barstool Baseball, uh, where it currently has, uh, and I, you know, I didn't even realize this until recently, uh, 406,000 uh, uh, followers right now. So we appreciate the people who've helped uh, grow wow. that thing. So it's definitely uh, a work in progress. But yeah, on all those platforms, you will find the podcast, the videos, and every night uh, on my personal Twitter and as has been the case since uh, I was in college, uh, every day Tigers uh, post game videos uh, talking about the boys, and so yeah, definitely a lot of stuff uh, going on.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you know, and talk about meteoric rises. I mean, you would think this was about Chris Castellani. Look, I, I remember when you when you when you came to Locked On, and just I remember when you when you got there to Barstool, um, just what I love and the reason why we want to bring you back is, is just your your absolute love for the game, your passion for mm-hmm. sports. And um, look, I, I think you even said it recently, like your your B team is the Houston Astros. And, and um, the Tigers, look, to be a Tigers fan, you've got to be somewhat dedicated. It, it yeah, seems definitely. like it is a... Yeah it seems like it is at times a great existence and at other times it's kind of a tough love relationship. Like I love you guys, but there's some things we got to talk about kind of relationship, you know, Miggy with all his accolades and that's coming to an end. But, you know, I know Torque hit, I think he had like a two home run game recently. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, look, sometimes you can't see the trees through the forest, when you're in Detroit. But look, with your perspective and with your knowledge, I love the way you break things down. So let's get into it. Jordan Alvarez has been out for an extended time in the league, probably has been happy about that because he just absolutely. Opposing
1: pitchers, definitely, I would say.
0: Yeah, Yeah. he absolutely opposes pitcher. I mean, just whoever's at the plate. The guy's calm, cool, collect. The pitch clock has not had an effect because he doesn't even leave the batter's box. He doesn't have a pre-pitch routine. He just stares the pitcher down. Mm-hmm. Um, with his imminent return, how important is it for the Houston Astros going into the second half? Because you can see where this offense has sputtered at times without mm-hmm. him in the
1: lineup. You know, it really is interesting, man, because when, when I've talked, and I tweeted about it a little bit yesterday. The Astros have had a fair amount of pitching injuries, you know, uh, Luis Garcia, McCullers obviously being out for the year. Uh, Valdez, I think it's going to be fine, but he missed a start. You you knew coming into the season you weren't going to have Verlander, but you still you know you lost Verlander in free agency, and yet despite some guys having setbacks or injuries, they're still first in the American League in, in ERA right now. I believe maybe that's maybe that's changed, but um, offensively there has been uh, their struggles, and and I tweeted about it yesterday where I think the Astros on given the way the Astros' offense was going and given the way that uh, the Rangers were kind of rolling. You felt like there was a real possibility for for there to be a fair amount of separation there between first and second place in that division. And uh, up to this point, now they still have one more game in in the four-game series they're playing against Texas right now. As of now, they're four games back. They could be three games back by the end of today. They could be five games back. But that is within striking distance to a point where you can get your Don back. And then you start to entertain the idea of, all right, let's really make a run at this division. Because there's so much talk at this time of year, understandably so, about, Uh, trade deadlines and what, who's going to be buyers. Who's going to be sellers. What are you going to have to get up, give up to get pieces back? The Astros are at a point right now where their trade deadline acquisitions, uh, they don't have to give up anything for because their acquisitions are going to be getting Jordan Alvarez back. Maybe, you know, getting some of the pitchers returning to form. So that is, you know, that's obviously incredibly enticing. I mean, it, it, we look at the metrics and we look at things like wins above replacement and, and OPS and all those things are important. But when you're talking about a player of Jordan's caliber, there's more than that he impacts or there's more of an impact that he has in the game than just what is seen in uh, the stat sheet where having him in that lineup, the way that you pitch to Bregman, the way that you pitch to Altuve or Tucker or Pena is drastically different when, you know, coming up is going to be your Don, you know, you, that guy who's capable of driving in any one of these guys, if they get on base, so he'll come back. That's going to be a massive difference. Uh, it, It is surprising given the way that this team has, Uh, gone offensively over the last several years to see them being as kind of not Astros like as they've been. But as I talked about uh, in the, you know, recently, you know, Bregman, I think is starting to come around. I think he'll, he'll break out a little bit. Um, You know, uh, I, Abreu is never going to be what he was in Chicago, but over the last month, his OPS is over. Mm -hmm. He had a three hit day yesterday. He owns Andrew Heaney. So there's, I think there's definitely sign, you know, signs that of improvement. Now for the first time, since this great Astros run started in, in 17. Uh, I'm not counting the COVID year. This is the first time that you have a team in your division that is on par with you guys. I never believed in 18 or, or some of those years That the A's were ever going to catch you guys. This is one of the few times where I think the Rangers have assembled a roster that is capable of winning that division and, in turn, capable of winning the pennant or the World Series. But it's going to make for a really, really interesting race. Uh, I think that uh, you have two teams that are that are poised to make deep runs into October. It's just going to be a matter of of whether or not the Rangers can kind of hold off Houston because you know they're going to make their moves, and you know, given the pedigree, that they're going to get hot at some point here in the future.
0: Yeah, right. And with this news, I know um, we had we had recently heard on. Back on Monday that basically Michael Brantley's season is pretty much done. Yeah. Um, I saw the tea leaves with McCullers before they even announced it. Mm -hmm. I just assumed, look, with the age, with the shoulder surgery, like shoulder surgery for a 36 or 37 year old is different than a shoulder surgery for someone like Jake Myers, right? Right. And Jake Myers still at times has shown a struggle. I know beginning of the season he looked real timid on diving and things. He actually has hit the wall a few times. Yeah. You know, he still goes out there with his glove and is a decent glove. And I know people prefer Chaz over, over Myers. But with this second half heat up, I believe imminent and about to happen um, in this next segment, um, I want to I talk more about what do you think some of the keys to an Astros heat up would be but before we do that Chris I gotta tell our fans about sleeper look we have partnered with sleeper and right now they have a promo you get up to one hundred dollar match on your first deposit on mobile only sleeper.com slash promo slash locked on and let me tell you they are giving you 100 times your money back so if you're looking at the Astros versus the Rockies I'm definitely taking some home run Bets with the Astros. I'm gonna grab Altuve. I'm gonna grab Bregman. Heck, I may even grab a Brayu. I mean, get a wild hair. I just think this Colorado Rockies team is susceptible to giving up the long ball. And this sleeper app is phenomenal. You can also be in fantasy leagues with it. So swing for the fence, swing for the fences with sleeper picks, and you could win up to 100 times your money. Use a promo code locked on, and sleeper will match your first deposit up to $100. So predict the hottest baseball stats like home runs, hits, strikeouts, much more cash in on your daily fantasy skills. Use the promo code locked on and sleeper will match your first one hundred dollar deposit. Make sure that you understand a couple things. You get quick payouts. This is an easy to use app. It's safe and secure and you don't have to worry about it. You can place in game contest, more stat categories. I mean, the. Just the dynamic payout, the quick payout is really make this place second to none. So check it out. Entries can be made in thirty seconds or less. It's that easy, safe and secure. Currently operational in over thirty states. So again, use the promo code locked on, and they'll match your first one hundred dollar deposit. And make sure that you tune in to the Houston Astros broadcast on July fifth, the on the SiriusXM app. Check out the local um, Houston Astros home home broadcast where they will take on the Rockies at 1.10 p.m. It's a day game, and they are giving all fans a Jordan Alvarez bobblehead. So check that out and check out the sheriffs XM app. Search Astros. All right, so let's get into the second half heat up. You, you kind of touched on it. Look, Jose Abreu came in. Um, a lot of people, it's kind of tough. You know, the favorite kid in the class leaves. He Mm -hmm. moves, transfers schools, and Yuli Gurriel. Everybody loves Yuli. You know, people are like, well, what am I going to do with my Yuli Gurriel wig? What am I going to do with this pineapple hat that I have? Where's La Pena? And Abreu comes in, and he couldn't have had a more tough introduction to a city, to a winning program, because he said, I came here because they're winners. I came here because... you know, I work hard and I know what kind of group is here. And then when he gets here, everybody heard about this flat start. And even Dusty Baker even said, I called the White Sox to ask if we got the right guy. Like he literally, <laughs> said that he called them, hey, uh, did you send us the right dude? Yeah. And they said, trust me, he'll heat up. And June has been an absolute, I mean, to, you know, coin a July 4th term, fireworks. I mean, I'm sure you've already, I'm sure you heard fireworks before the 4th of July. And I think we've been seeing that with him. How integral is, this is a key veteran in Major League Baseball. He's a good guy. How key is it for him to be firing right now before Yordan even comes back? And is that even more impressive? Because when Yordan comes back, there's more protection. He's still going to be seeing the pitches.
1: For sure. I think that it's a, Hugely important sign that he's started to get hot, started to ascend without Jordan. Because I really liked the Abreu signing, I did. I liked it when it happened. I knew obviously you're losing Verlander, you go out, you get some offense. Now, I also knew, uh, and said at the time, the power numbers for Jose Abreu, uh, were not going to be what they've been in the past. He is no longer a 30 home run a year uh, guy. In fact, last year he played 157 games, only hit 15 home runs. But lifetime career batting average of 289. I, I love the signing because I felt like like you put him sixth in that lineup, you know, those first five guys, there's not a whole lot of room to breathe. And then you gotta you got a pitch to a heavy contact guy who's gonna slap the ball around, who can, you know, can hit for power, maybe not home run power, but definitely doubles power. You know, last year I had 40 doubles in the season. So I like the signing at the time. The one issue that he's kind of run into in his career, and it really had caught up to him at the beginning of this season is that for somebody who has, you know, he's almost at 250 career home runs and has had seasons where he's hit 30, 35. He's never been a high on base guy necessarily. You know, this year he's only walked 21 times. He struck out 77 last year, struck out 110 times, only walked 62. So like he's never been a guy that even in his best days is going to be a 400 something on base percentage guy. And that, you know, when you're not getting on base uh, drawing walks and you're striking out a lot, I mean, those numbers are going to get really ugly. It seems like the contact rate is is back. It's, it's up. Uh, he will need to be, if this team wants to get to where they want to get to, he's going to need to be an integral part of this team. Now, he doesn't have to be uh, what he was in Chicago, but I think that when you look at uh, one of the reasons why Yuli Gurriel, I think, was so beloved in Houston was that he fits so well. In that lineup, like I said, you would have that one through five that was just devastating. You know, no matter what the order was, whether it was Springer was there, Payne was there, Brantley was there, what have you. Those first five were always tough, but then you had Yuli, who is this kind of a pest at the plate, who you know won a batting title a few years ago. That you would put fifth and sixth uh, in the lineup that was capable of you know on his best day being an eighty to one hundred RBI a year guy. I think that with Abreu, there was probably a little bit more of a psychological impact. I mean, this guy he was right. signed. Uh, by the White Sox, uh, you know, uh, from Cuba. He made his major league debut at 27. All he ever knew was the South Side of Chicago, professionally. Exactly. And he was, he, he was the guy there. I mean, he, they loved Jose Abreu, who's their franchise player. He won an MVP for him in the COVID year, won Rookie of the Year. So there has to be something of a culture shock going from the South Side of Chicago where, you know, and no disrespect, but where they've won one division since they won it all in 2005 to immediately going to a group where it's, hey, World Series are bust. We're selling out every night. Lights are very bright. Microscopes on us. I think that had some sort of impact. Oh, on yeah. Thing that, you know, it has been. Uh, noted that the Astros have a very good camaraderie as a team. There's good clubhouse chemistry. I don't think there was a whole lot of panic. Uh, there was that hilarious moment where he hit his first home run and start, you know, sprinted around the bases and slid home against Oakland. So I think he's starting to find his confidence again. Uh, I'm not going to go as far as to say the team will go as Jose Abreu goes, but I definitely think it's advantageous for them if he can just start to revert back to the player he was, maybe not in the prime of his career, but at least his last several years in Chicago, which is a, High contact rate, drive guys in, high run producing uh, caliber first baseman.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree with everything you said, especially his role off the field. And that's what a lot of people don't realize is when these players, and I think, too, that's where Yuli really connected with the fan base. Like you said, he really connected with the local what was going on. But Abreu was huge in the community there. Um, He did a lot with, I think, Special Olympics and and some different things. He's already actually endeared himself to a couple local charities. He's already hosted something that was at Minute Maid Park. Mm -hmm. Actually, his first trip to Minute Maid Park, um, a friend of mine's kid was on their class field trip. And Jose Abreu and Jeff Bagwell walked past the dugout and they said, hey, this is your new first baseman. Jose Abreu, of course, this was before we knew whether or not Yuli was coming back. That caused a little bit of a social media yeah. storm, but he was shaking the kids' hands in the dugout, and he's just been a genuinely good guy. We saw him in mm. spring training. But talking about this heat up, going into the pitching, we can't ignore this. And um, I got to give credit to, uh, to Apollo Media for putting this together. He said the Astros, you know, having the lowest team ERA, 37% of the Astros' games have been started by rookies. Wow, One-third of innings pitched have been pitched by rookies. 45 games, 31 games started, 245 innings pitched, a 3.93 ERA, which is actually a league average I think is up right now. Um, 249 Ks and only 95 walks. You've got J.P. France, who I'm probably going to be doing a feature on um, over the All-Star break because J.P. France – has almost been our ace. This guy six consecutive starts, quality starts, his first six starts of his major league career. Ronel Blanco has really held it down. Hunter Brown, he's had his ups and downs, but yeah. he's been more. I, l- up I and like down. Hunter
1: Brown, Michigan you know? kid. So I got, I got. Yeah, oh,
0: him. I love it. No, he's a, he's a great kid. And then Mark, they actually put Seth Martinez in here. He's tech- like, I think he came out of the rookie status last year because he did pitch enough innings or enough games he had enough service time but nonetheless like how important is this for the Astros rookies and veterans that are there to take part in Urquidy coming back is that Mm going to help take some of the load off these young arms
1: well it it has to and I, I like the guys you just mentioned I really like Hunter Brown but I think that one of the really great things about the Astros uh really the overall roster construction over the last several years is that there's such a good balance of young upcoming players and veterans who've been, you know, who've been around for a minute. I mean, you have your evergreen guys, Altuve, Bregman, uh, you know, I know yuli has gone, but even Alvarez, who's been here for several years now, I mean, these guys know what it's like to make deep runs in the postseason. They're aware of the fact that this is a, a, a marathon. It's not a sprint. You know, I think that a prime example of, and while it wasn't a uh, pitching from a pitching standpoint, a prime example of, of you know how that kind of dynamic worked perfectly was jeremy pena last year you know we're kind of in the second half maybe didn't put up the numbers that that he wanted but by the time you get to the postseason you you watched that and if you're an outsider you were watching going this kid's a rookie like he's he's playing right now like like a guy who's seen october a million times over and know knows how to experience that i think that it is advantageous at the deadline to add another arm but throughout like i said treading water has been so important considering the injuries you know I know that it's not ideal to be throwing so many rookies out there, but the fact that they've been as, as, you know, it's ranged from being legitimately good, like in Hunter Brown's case, to just being serviceable, uh, you know, every fifth day starters, I think it's been very important. And also the fact that you have that guy every fifth day in Frommer who can really hold down the Ford who's going to give you six, seven innings. um, I think it's been, it's, it's helped them a lot. I think it will help them long-term. I think it's going to help these rookies, uh, you know, develop confidence over time. But, yeah, I mean, it's it speaks to what the Astros have been able to do really as an organization over the last several years where they've had guys go down, and it seems like even with the farm system maybe not being what it was, you know, circa 2015 through 2017, there's still pieces here. And, and there's still great pitching development, and there's still a great analytics department that that can put these guys in the best position to succeed. Now, come October do I think it will – uh, play to their strengths if they're pitching rookies 40 or 37% of the time. No, but I don't expect that to happen either. I think they're going to try to shorten games, the bullpen. You're still going to have from, or you're still going to have Javier, And I think you'll probably try to get a veteran pitcher at the deadline as well. So for the time being, like I said earlier, the fact that they've been able to stay within striking distance with the amount of injuries, with the amount of rookies that they've used, it speaks to the kind of culture that they've, that they've built there for sure.
0: Exactly. And, you know, this episode is actually brought to you by Hooters. Let me tell you, um, Hooters makes you happy. And they are our one of our title sponsors this Friday um, on the 7th. We're having a pregame live podcast from Pearland Area Hooters. We're giving away two sets of Crawford box seats to two different games. I believe one's the Rangers, one's the Rays. Some excellent games. We're not just giving you, you know, the Oakland A's are coming to town. So here's free tickets and they're great seats. Those are actually donated to y'all from h-town bingo those guys were kind enough to do that we are i mean there's going to be wing eating contests all kinds of stuff let me tell you if you need to grab your buddies whether it's webster sugarland Humble, stafford Katy, pasadena anywhere in between especially pearland you need to come check out hooters because every week monday they have buy one get one wings tuesdays 9.99 burger and fries wednesdays buy one get one boneless wings Thursday's $19.99 Wings and Big Daddy Bundle. And on Friday, $19.83 Crab Legs. Kids eat free on Saturdays and Sundays. So come hang out where the guys at Locked on Astros hang out. And don't forget about our July 7th event. Also in July in Pearland, they were going to have um, Trivia Night on the 6th, the day before. And then they're going to have a Toys for Tots fundraiser, the 17th through the 31st. Halfway to Christmas for two weeks. Basically, they'll be having Christmas in the summertime. So check out Hooters. Tell them the guys from Locked On sent you. Why? Because Hooters makes you happy. Hey, I want to show you something, Castellani, that a friend of mine shared with me. A guy named Phil Seeley. He is a photojournalist who goes to Cuba quite a bit out of Canada. He sent me this picture a while back, and we've had him on the show. But look at this. You have a young (laughs) Jordan Alvarez. Look
1: at those legs.
0: 15 Look, 16 years old. This this is before the Astros even got got a hold of him in the famous um trade for uh for who was it? Um gosh, I just went blank.
1: Oh uh, what um, was it uh oh my god uh I, I, fields, right? Or-
0: Josh Fields, yeah. Josh, I, yeah, I, yeah, Josh Fields. Sorry, I don't I, I don't know why I, I don't know why I blanked on his names. But, uh, but Jordan Alvarez has grown so much and he's become this mature hitter. He's become this really a team leader. I mean, I don't know if you, if you, I don't know how much you watch all the different Astros highlights, but the other day, whenever Bregman hit the grand slam, it was almost like dusty, like looked at Jordan Alvarez. Like I told you so like, you know, like Mm -hmm. they kind of had a bet going, um, with him coming back, we talked about that with or coming back and, with Brantley being out, we don't know. Look, I'm going to proceed as if Brantley's not going to come back because they keep right. moving moving the line, right? Does this dictate their trade deadline needs? Do they have to get a bat? Do they have to get an arm? Because I know you said basically getting back these two guys is like mm-hmm. a trade ac- acquisition. How much pressure do you think Dana Brown's under to go get somebody and then you got to look at what do you have to give?
1: Right, it's it's an interesting conundrum. Now, I I will have to double check. I don't know how many elite bats or even really good bats are available right now at the deadline. Now, at all deadlines, there's always pitching, whether it be relief pitching, starting pitching. Uh, that's usually where teams go if they want to unlo- uh, you know unload assets. You know, you're getting Jordan back. I think. I my expectation is that the offense is going to get very hot and that Bregman is going to start to turn things around and that Abreu is going to get better. I still think your one through six is about as good as anybody's. You know, you bring up the rookie pitchers as much as as I've liked them, and I I do think Hunter Brown will definitely, you know, have a spot in a playoff rotation. Uh, There's some question marks, at least right now, you know, by the time people listen to this, Javier will have started against the Rangers. But Javier's uh, velocity and spin rate have been down his last few starts. Um, I I think that if you're looking for – what to really add? Uh, I think that you lean into your strengths to a certain extent. Yes, this is the number one, uh, but you know, uh, ERA in the American League. But when you look back at last year's team and what made them successful, now, of course, Jordan was a stud, and Pena went nuts in October, and Bregman was a pest in every series you guys played. But the reason you won the World Series last year is is your pitching shut everyone down. I mean, the Yankees could not score runs, the bullpen was just as good as any unit I've ever seen. I mean, without you know, hyperbole there putting up a 058 ERA in, in October is almost impossible. I mean, what they were able to do. So I think that uh, they're going to assess this and say, let's play to our strengths. Let's try to build a similar unit to what we built last year. Now, the kind of, you know, issue you run into is what does the farm system look like right now? Are the prospects there for you to make a huge push? Because there's going to be some elite names available. I mean, there's, and we're going to, there's probably going to be more over the, over the coming weeks. Like right now, the Cubs, I think are kind of in it in the central. If they fall out, Marcus Stroman becomes available. There's rumors about Max Scherzer being available um, now. So I, I, I think they, they will definitely add a pitcher. The possibility of them adding a bat is there. I think that if they're looking for a, a move, you know, I think last year is kind of a prime example and not to say this guy set the world on fire, but I think somebody like uh, a Mancini who you added last year, at the deadline where you can cut, you can play them at first, you know, you can put them outfield, you can DH them. I think right. getting just, just some nice pop in not even the middle of the lineup, but maybe near the bottom of the lineup is probably going to be advantageous. I'll have to look at the names. I don't believe right now, and I could be wrong that the system is there for you to make the huge splash that you did say in 17, when you got Verlander. Now right. obviously the, Ver, the Verlander trade for us turned out to be a disaster, but at the time you're talking about a top 20 prospect and two very well regarded, uh, prospects and jake rogers and daz cameron the system isn't there right now for you to make a push for a verlander like you did in 17 right or like you did in 19 but uh you, you can add smaller pieces and i think definitely assemble a crew that can that can compete for and win a world series
0: well because in you know i reminded um eric the other day i said you know i hate to remember 2021 i would like to forget that world series um but you know, the Braves did a lot of their damage with the four guys they picked up at the trade deadline, and they weren't big money moves. You know, your Jock Peterson, your Jorge Soler. It was yeah. your role players, right? right? Because we know when it comes to October, it's not always about the superstars. I mean, yes. Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, non-existent in the fall classic. So yeah, it's not about the big name, and people have floated the name Jorge Soler. I've kind of joked why couldn't we get Brian De La Cruz back? Did we have to let him go? He yeah. was kind of another, uh he was another Teoscar Hernandez, uh, the one that got away for me.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: the Marlins look like they're competing. And I think what makes they are, even- no, the,
1: the Marlins, at they're either going to stand pat or buy. I mean, they're, they're 11, True. 10 games under uh, above 500 right now. They're not going anywhere.
0: Yeah, no. And, and that's what I think is making this year. So interesting. Number one, you mentioned the Rangers. The Rangers have already been, Buyers, yes. They got Araldus Chapman, and he did face Jose Altuve. I loved it. Um, I kind of joked on on our uh, on our episode after the Astros came back and beat the Rangers in the third game of that series that I would have loved to have seen another father-son combo on the field, kind of like King Griffey Jr. and King Griffey Sr., where Araldus Chapman and Jose Altuve were on the same team, you know, father-son playing right. catch with each other, because <laughs> Jose Altuve yeah. completely owns Chapman. And he actually hit a single off of a slider. Um, it wasn't aided by yeah. any trash cans or anything. So that was okay. nice. Um, so take that haters. But seriously, I think this trade deadline is going to be tricky, but I think a lot of people expect that Dana Brown is going to have to do something because they did nothing at the trade deadline and to bring you this and all that stuff. And, you know, Brantley, and it, it, there's just a lot of people just being negative. So, this year, you've got more teams competing, is my point. And you've got more teams that now know what the Astros need. And I don't know that there's this anti-Astros bias, but I think a lot of fans kind of get that. Like, are they not going to trade with us because we're the Astros? <laughs> and yeah, I'm I've like-
1: wondered, honestly, I've wondered about that with the Rays, too, where where the Rays have fleeced so many teams in trades. True. That I wonder if teams at deadlines are like, you know, I like this. I like this package, but like maybe we should hold off a little bit because it could be a ticking time bomb. But like, yeah, I've, I've I've thought about that in the past. Like, I there's
0: mean, a yeah, like, it's like there's a reason the Rays are getting rid of this guy. There's a right, reason why. Well, I <laughs> mean,
1: that's what happened to us with with Austin Meadows, where when we got when we traded Isaac Paredes for Austin Meadows, I'm like, geez, this we're like Meadows, where he's gonna back cleanup for us. Like, this is a great deal. Meadows has barely played, and Paredes has taken off. Like, even even some of your trades that some people look at and say maybe didn't work out still worked out. Like I know, I know Granky maybe didn't result in the world series championship, but like Seth beer didn't amount to anything. Like, like you, you've done a good yep. job when you have unloaded assets, those assets have not come back to really bite you. So yeah, no, I have wondered about that. Uh, if there's, if there's any sort of trepidation wondering like, you know, what do they know that we might not about exactly.
0: Team? Well, Hey, Chris, you know, I do um appreciate that. And I want to, I want to close it out with this. Um, get us around, get us out around the 35 minute mark. Do you think the Astros' experience is a huge advantage going into the second half of this season, going to the playoffs over someone even like the Rangers that that's as that's as hot as they are um, this year? Uh,
1: as far as it pertains to the head to head with the Rangers, I'm gonna say no, just because while the Rangers haven't made the playoffs since 2016, Seager, Semyon, Avaldi. All, a lot of these guys on this team, a lot of the veterans on that team, they, they've made deep runs in October or won World True. Series or in, or in Seager's case, won a World Series MVP. So I, I don't, when I go head to head, that doesn't bother me. But as far as how it compares to other teams, yeah, I do take experience into account. Like I, I do think I am more inclined when I'm, you know, going uh, looking at the head to head with other teams, I'm probably going to be more inclined if it's evenly matched to give the edge to Houston because as much as I love analytics and i love the numbers when you get to october even when you get late into the season that sample size shrinks there is a psychological element to this game there's a reason why some guys some some of the greatest pitchers of all time underperform in october and some hitters who we don't think a whole lot of thrive in october there is a psychological impact that comes with how you handle the pressure of a late season pennant chase how you handle handle the pressure uh going into the postseason so i do think that there is a built-in advantage for Houston because almost every guy in this team knows what it's like to make uh, a deep run. You know, there's that's subject to change. You know, they get, they play one team, one team gets hot, you know, maybe that doesn't matter, but just looking at it based on the eye test, I do take that stuff into account. I do think experience does matter.
0: No. And um, I, I think that's excellent. And that's not really something I had really thought of with the Rangers is you're right. Like the, the second you mentioned those three names, they are all battle tested and, especially Evaldi, gosh, who seems to be having a Cy Young type He's of fantastic, year. He's, man. Yeah, You know, I mean, even, even Andrew Heaney, for the most part, did a really good job against the Astros, even though the Astros ended up coming back and winning. Andrew Heaney has got four guys in that lineup that absolutely own him, and yeah. he he kept them at bay. So, really, it's who shows up at the ballpark that day. It's, it's not necessarily your resume. It's who performs and who doesn't. And so – um, I just want to remind all of our listeners that the Astros play the Rockies Wednesday at 1 PM central standard time. Catch every pitch of the Astros hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app search Astros, man, Chris, this has been phenomenal. I absolutely love when you come on, I love your insight, um, your knowledge and your ability to just capture, you know, various aspects of the game. I think is, I think it's second to none. So um, keep producing, that content, keep putting that stuff out there. Um, guys, y'all need to go follow him. He is Chris Castellani. You can find him at Castellani2014 on Twitter. He's a Barstool Sports. The dude rocks. Go follow him. Check him out. Chris, send a shout-out to anybody you want to in, in Michigan for us before we go.
1: Uh, no, nobody in Michigan, just keep following Barstool Baseball. And root for the Tigers if you're not going to root for the Astros.
0: That's right. And remember, folks, this is your team every day. We're Locked on Astros. Nobody does it like we do it on an everyday basis. Become an every day. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. And as always, go Astros. We're out.